And now we come to the guest interview of the month, and this month sees the second part of a two-part interview I carried out with Craig Garber, known as the King of Copy. If you had to ask Gary Halbert, the world's greatest living copywriter, if there was another copywriter out there who writes as well as he does, he'd say, no, but there's someone I know who actually has more natural direct response writing talent than I do, and his name is Craig Garber. Craig is one of the top, if not the top, direct response copywriters and marketing consultants in America. I can personally vouch for the fact because Craig's done work for me and I can't speak highly enough about the results. So without further ado, let's see if we can get Craig to spill some more beans on some of these secrets about how you and I can get more response from all our direct marketing activities. Let's go to the interview now. What do you see? We're talking about copy now. What do you see as some of the big mistakes that people make in their sales copy? Number one mistake, boring. You would not believe. I do a number of sales copy reviews, okay? And like I said before, most ads, most sales copy is nothing more than a big postcard, and it puts you to sleep. The other thing I see is being too salesy. Look, your prospects are not stupid. If they're reading something and you really don't want to entertain them, and you really don't want to educate them, and you just want to take their money as much of it as possible, as often as possible, and delivering value for that is secondary in your mind, this comes through. I mean, doesn't everybody know? Don't you smell and just sense when somebody's not really looking to help you, they're looking to take from you? Sure. That comes through in your sales copy. Another problem I see pretty consistently is people talk about themselves all the time. My company's been around 15 years. My company's the biggest company in Cambridge. My company can outsell everybody. Who cares? What's in it for me? That's what your prospect wants to know. But there's nothing wrong with saying we've been in business 75 years. During that period of time, we've serviced over 15,911 customers. We've had two refunds during that time, and we were gladly happy to refund the money. And In fact, we did the service over again and made sure they were happy. And you know what? We'll do the exact same thing for you. And just so that you know that, here's 75 of those 15,000 people. Here's 75 of them just that we've handled in the last six months. Here's some comments from them that you could check out yourself. Another problem I see is people write, Again, like it's the IRS tax code, they'll say something like, uh, per our conversation on the aforementioned Tuesday, I mean, who the hell talks like that? Nobody <laughs> wants to read that. You say, last Tuesday, a funny thing happened to me on the way to work. You know, write like you speak. People don't do that. I have a term, I call it cup of coffee copy. You want to write like you're sitting down with one of your buddies having a cup of coffee. But here's a little secret. What you have to understand is that even though you're sitting down having a cup of coffee with this person, you have to really walk a fine line between being too friendly with them and not. And here's what I mean. People often send me questions, should you curse in your sales letters? And here's my response. If you are soliciting a new person, if you are having a meeting with that person, would you curse in front of them? Most times, depending upon what you're selling, it's probably going to be no. So you want to talk like you're having a cup of coffee together, but you also want to keep in your mind, if I was having a cup of coffee with this person and try to sell them something, what would I say? What would I not say? So you want to be conversational, but not conversational to the point where this person has no respect for you and doesn't pull their money out of their wallet because people are dead serious when it comes to spending money. They want to be entertained, they want to be amused, but they don't want to be talked down to. They want to be respected. 
That makes a lot of sense, Craig. Now, look, this is a bit off track, but I think it's related to the last question I asked you about biggest mistakes. What do you see from all the businesses that you interact with are the biggest mistakes that people make as business owners in general? Okay. The first mistake is one I mentioned before. They're not using two-step lead generation, and it's just a huge mistake. And just so that you know, the times you want to use lead generation are when you're selling a product that's complicated to understand. I'll use one, like I said before, life insurance. When you're selling a product that's expensive, when you have a long selling process, as example, real estate, or when you're in a scam or an unscrupulous industry, you need that lead generation to clear up all those question marks on people's minds. Another problem I see people making, a huge mistake, is people are too cheap. They're penny-wise and pound-foolish. I just came from a seminar last week. It was $3,500 to attend. I'm going to another seminar next week. It's $2,000 to attend or $2,500 to attend, not including airfare, hotel, all that kind of good stuff. But I know the seminar I went to last week, oh, and after I left the seminar, I gave the guy a check for $10,000 to be in private coaching, and I estimate conservatively conservatively, I'll make that money five times over than the first six months, okay? Fantastic. Most business owners are too cheap to invest in themselves. They want free advice. You know, and I get these emails. Most of my subscribers are very humble and very nice, and they're respectful of my time. People, like you said, you hear from me daily. So people think, oh, it's my buddy. They send me emails. Hey, I've got a quick question for you. You know, I'm getting ready to roll out a mail-out campaign, and what should I do? So I say, what you should do is order some consulting time from me. Some of them do, some of them don't. The ones that do pay for that consulting time 10 times over. The ones that don't never pay for anything because they're too cheap to invest in themselves. So if you're a business owner and you're listening to this and you've been sitting on the edge of the fence wondering about something, take a step forward, take massive action, and spend money on yourself. 99% of the time, if you're unhappy with the services, you can get your money back anyway. But the real reason I think people don't move forward is because they're afraid of success. And I understand that. I've battled with that myself. But you cannot be afraid of success, hide behind things are too expensive, quote-unquote, and then expect success to come to you anyway. I don't know anybody I've ever met who's not spent money and invested in themselves and then turned out successful any more than you find a guy or a gal that's in great shape that doesn't go to the gym. Makes sense, Craig. Makes sense. All right. Let's say that you identify a really responsive, a hyper-responsive group of people that have the potential to buy from you. How do you communicate to them? Well, what I would do is I would use direct mail, and there's a couple of reasons. Number one, you could say as much as you want in a direct mail piece. There's no limitation. As you know, my sales letters are long. I just finished one up. I think it's the longest sales letter on record. It was 80 pages. Wow. I just finished up another one for a client. It's going to wind up being about 53 pages, Okay. Do I write long letters on purpose? No, I just say what needs to be said. And in these particular cases, there's a lot of information going on. It was not very straightforward, and, you know, I had to say what it needed to be said. Direct mail, the other good thing about it is it's a very personal, insulated way to communicate. How often have you sat down and opened your mail with your wife and your son standing above you talking? It probably doesn't happen. You usually open your mail at your desk, you're alone, you open it, and if you don't want to read it or you can't read it then or your wife and your son are there talking, you'll put it down till later and you'll read it alone in your privacy. Whether you're in the can reading in your library <laughs> or whether you're, you know, you're reading out on one evening or wherever it is you like to read, you'll read it alone if it's good stuff to read and you'll digest it accordingly. 
So I would use, if you've got a hyper-responsive crowd, mail them a sweet offer as you can through direct mail. What would you say to people, Craig, who say, well, long copy, who reads that stuff? Most of the people who say that have never written copy or have never responded to copy anyway. That's like saying, you know, I was talking to my son yesterday, and uh, people who say money doesn't buy you happiness are usually poor people who don't have any money. So I'll tell you that's just not true. People will read something if they're interested in it. If you're trying to sell fancy haircutting services to a guy like me who's balding, you know, I'm just not interested. But if you find someone that's, if you're trying to sell me copywriting materials or copywriting courses, I'll read it because I'm interested. In fact, what I'll do is I won't even read the whole thing. I'll read three or four pages, skim through it, the rest of it, and I'll just go to the order form. But you have to cater to both kinds of readers. Some people are like detailed, anal retentive sort of people, and they want the scoop on everything. And those guys, you've got to give them the copy. Other people will do like I do. They're so hungry and they're so hyper-responsive. They'll read a few things. They'll look at the subheads throughout your copy, and then they'll just go to the order form and buy. So I would say that for people who say that, they've either never written a long-form sales letter or they've never bought through one because that's simply not true, and I'm living proof to tell you. Indeed you are. Indeed you are. Let's talk about advertising for a moment. What do you see as the most important ingredient in an advertisement? Okay, number one is headline. Headline accounts for 70 to 80%. You don't have a good headline, no one's going to read the ad. And this is, of course, assuming that your marketing piece is in the right prospect's hands in the first place. So that being equal, the headline is going to be the most important. The other thing is secondarily is going to be the offer, what you're offering. Okay, so headline and offer. But in marketing, one of the most important things to know and understand is surely the mindset of the person you're trying to sell to. Craig, what do you do to try and get, how can I put it, inside the prospect's mind before you start to write the copy? Okay, I'm lucky in the sense that I've done a lot of things in my life. I've been wealthy, I've been poor, I've been overweight, I'm in great shape now. I've been married, I've been divorced, I've been up, I've been down. I've owned a business, I've worked for people. I'm a dad, I've done things with my kids. You know, I've had a lot of personal experiences. I'm a fairly bright guy, so I've been involved in things like science and chemistry and biology in the past. I've been in various sales capacities. So me personally, I've done a lot of different things. And I'm the kind of guy I like to experience as much as possible. So I go out of my way to experience things. I've done thrill-seeking events. I know the the terror, fear, and excitement of how you're going to feel before you fall over the cliff, you know? So I've experienced a lot of things, and I'm a guy who's pretty in touch with his emotions, so I can tap into those feelings I had during these experiences, and therefore I can communicate them to clients. What I often do is not only will I research the marketplace, buy the product, or experience the product myself, I'll do researches on comparable marketing. What else is out there in the marketplace? I'll call clients. I'll call prospects. I'll interview them if I can. I'll go over the testimonials. It's just a matter of doing the research and getting feedback from the horse's mouth if you haven't experienced it yourself. Because oftentimes what we feel is a high criteria, a high priority, as owners of businesses, really isn't what the customer is experiencing. The more successful business owners have gone out of their way to interact with their customers and they can convey that to you, but some people haven't or they're uncomfortable. So if you're looking to create an ad or a sales letter or a website, what are the important variables that you'd want to test so that you could improve your results? Okay, definitely test your headline. You need to have compelling testimonials peppered throughout your sales letter or your website. 
You want to have your offer tested. You know, do you have a bonus? Do you not have a bonus? Do you have a bonus that's worth more than the product itself, or do you not? Do you have a continuity program? You want to test a guarantee. Sometimes you don't need a guarantee, or sometimes you can be ballsy and say, look, I know everybody else is guaranteeing this product, but I'm not, and here's why. My product costs 10 times more to develop than even my closest competitor, and there's a reason why. Therefore, if you're not 100% confident in this product, I don't want your money. Okay? So sometimes, depending on what you're selling, some people will say, God, that's attractive. Okay? You want to test your hook. When I say your hook, what's captivating your audience? What's your compelling sales message? Is it a story about how the guy who stumbled across this invention grew up you know, in a bad environment and then he was trying to go to college or whatever and he hooked up with a teacher and the guy became his mentor and they developed this thing out of the blue? Or you're better off talking from a customer's point of view. You know, hey, I've used this product. Let me tell you what happened. I couldn't catch fish to save my life, and I stumbled across this device. And I, I just, you know, put it in the water, and it was just like sticking honey outside on a bowl during this picnic. The flies come around. It was the same thing with the fish. So you've got to test the hook or the appeal, and even the PS you want to test. Are you better off restating your offer, giving the biggest benefit, restating the guarantee? I mean, there's a lot of variables that you want to try to test and should be constantly testing to establish your control. Now, I know that we often think, and when we talk together, that one of the biggest killers of a sale is not responding to clients and prospects quickly. What are your thoughts on that? You know, it's a sad state of affairs, but a lot of times nowadays you get credit just for showing up. And my best clients are the guys who've already dealt with other copywriters because I'm more expensive, but you get what you pay for these guys are astonished that I return them phone calls, that I talk to them the same way you and I are talking, that I want to help them, that I'll give them some other ideas they could use that they hadn't spoken to, that I speak to them one-to-one, that I genuinely care. I keep them informed along the way. If there's anything uh, that comes up, I don't wait until the 11th hour to tell them. I tell them in advance so that we can both be on the same page with things. And look, people work hard. They pay you good money. And, in fact, the more money they pay, if you rise to the occasion, the more money they'll give you. You just need to respond appropriately to people. Now, that's different than positioning yourself. We're talking about now after they're in the door. So let me ask you what may appear to be a fairly wide-ranging question, but if you can chunk it down into one or two really key ideas, and it's only five-word sentence, Craig, it's this, why do people buy things? They buy things because they want them. They buy what they want, not what they need. The biggest myth going is when people say, you know, I read that I should do what I like, and that's how I'll be successful. Well, I'll tell you what I like to do. I like to sit on my deck, go fishing, and smoke cigars. I haven't found a way to make money doing that yet. No matter how hard I try, how many cigars I smoke, and how many fish I catch, I just can't get paid to do it. You've got to sell people what they want, not what they need. Don't worry about doing something you like. Do something that you can sell, and then you can have all the free time and all the money in the world to do what you like. I love it. Good answer. Craig, for lots of service businesses, they offer a free consultation to get people in their door. What's your take on that? Okay. I think for certain service businesses, it's a good thing to do, and I'll explain why. I personally don't, and I'll explain why I don't either. First, let me explain when you should do it, and then I'll explain when you shouldn't. If you're, for example, a chiropractor, okay, and you want 
to give people a free consultation? Well, the simple fact of the matter is someone's not going to pick up the phone, call your secretary or your assistant, make an appointment with you, put it on their calendar for next Tuesday at 9 o'clock, Tuesday morning at 8.30, get in their car, turn the key on, drive their lazy ass down to your office, park in the lot, turn the car off, get upstairs, walk up a flight of stairs, get into your office, wait for 15 minutes, sit down, get examined, and then wait with you for another 15 minutes to get a free consultation and walk out if they don't already have back pain. Sure. Okay, so all the effort they have to do to get to you means that they're pre-qualified. Now, let me back up one second just to say, if you are giving that away, you better assign a value to what it's worth, what you're giving. So at least people in their mind know, hey, I'm getting this $99 consultation for free. Now you're working on them emotionally that there's a value. They feel good about what they're doing, too, because they're getting $100 worth of value for free. So they feel like they're getting paid for their time. So that's the other dynamic of that. Now, I don't offer free consultations because... All people have to do is call me on the phone. Hey, yeah, let me start talking to you. I have some questions for you. Well, I'm not in the free advice business. I'm not the Salvation Army. So what I do is if my consultation fee is cheap, it's going to be going up. It's 400 bucks an hour, okay? If you want to spend time with me, you will pay me my consultation fee. And if you want to hire me after that, that's great. I'll give you a credit of that fee towards your copywriting fees, okay, and towards your, you know, if you hire me on a consulting project, whatever it is. If not, that's fine. You've walked away with probably $4,000 worth of advice, and your head will be spinning with the amount of ideas that you'll have anyway. So what I'm saying is if you're not willing to pay me $400, you're certainly not going to be willing to pay me. I charge usually the full package rate right now is $25,000 plus royalties. If you're not going to pay me 400, guess what? You sure as hell aren't going to pay me 25,000. So that's my pre-qualifier. And if I wasn't like that, everybody and their mother would be calling me, emailing me, wasting my time. And like I said, I'm not in the charity business. I'm in the money-making business. I've got two final questions then. This is the real one I asked lots and lots of people during these interviews, Craig. Okay. If you had one piece of advice that you would give to anyone who's listening to us now that you believe would make them more successful using your expertise that we haven't covered already, what would that one piece of advice be? Take action. You know, everybody's thinking. I was at this seminar, and these guys are telling me, so now they paid $3,500, and I'll tell you a funny story about that. And they say, well, you know, I don't know what to do. I've read all these books. I know all... I said, so what? You think you read two more books, you'll be ready? And the guy started laughing. <laughs> and I said, look, man, you're afraid of moving forward. I understand it. It's not that I can't relate to you. But listen, do it. Because if you fail, so what? You ain't going to be in any worse off position than you are right now. Absolutely. All about taking. We have an expression we always say, action is the key. Action is the key. It surely is. So finally then, Craig, how can my listeners contact you and get a copy of your products or find out more about your services? Okay, the best way to get a hold of me give you a few options. Number one is by email. If you're going to email me, it's craig at kingofcopy.com. You can only email me if you're listening to this and make sure you put in the subject line, uh, heard from Peter Thompson interview. Okay. Otherwise, you subscribe to my website. You can't contact me on there, but you have to contact my assistant and the uh, instructions are on there. Her name is Anne, A-N-N-E at kingofcopy.com. You can call me, but I can tell you right now, unless you're calling me to do a consultation, our phone call is going to be extremely brief, and that number here is 813-909-2214. 
And then you can, uh, like I said, subscribe to my daily email and find out what I'm about and what's going on inside my wacky mind online at www.kingofcopy.com. And I'll have several products coming out, and I've got a number of projects that are all about to explode in the next few months here. Fantastic. Craig Garber, what can I say? That was just some awesome information. I really appreciate you spending the time, Craig, and giving us some great ideas, which I know anyone who's interested in marketing or the web or direct response can really use. Wish you so much success. Thank you so much. Peter, thank you, and let me turn this around. Anybody who's listening to this and hasn't purchased your products, as motivational and as inspirational as they are, again, is being too cheap for their own good, and they ought to be ashamed of themselves. You need to invest in your stuff just as much as anybody's because what you put out and what you're doing is as good, if not better, than anybody else's out there. And you're one of the few guys I've spoken to who is as sincere in person as he comes across. So thank you for your time, and I appreciate it. It's my pleasure always to talk to you. Thank you, Craig. 